0: Welcome to the good life. Oh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is Welcome to the good life. You're, welcome.
1: You're all welcome. Hello, and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast, or as we like to call ourselves, the Pod Pod. Home of a different perspective on NRL Supercoach. We are three loving, NRL loving, and Supercoach addicted brothers who love chewing the fat about both. I'm your host, Matt Ricks, longtime NRL punner, Supercoach player, and fan in that exact order. And it is my great, great pleasure to welcome you to episode one of the Pod Pod. My claim to fame is entering the top 50 for a week last season before some would say bravely deciding that turbo was not essential for the next two months and fall into a barely respectable 1967th finish. We're here primarily to entertain ourselves and hopefully at times along the way the listeners as well. All whilst providing statistical, analytical, anecdotal, and more than likely superficial knowledge and insights for all things related to NRL Supercoach. Our show our show will aim to cover both sides of the keys of all key Supercoach relevance discussions each week. So now it's time to introduce the Pod Pod panel. Our first Pod panelist is a man who by results is very much the yesterday's hero of the Pod Pod. The man who gave up a big lead in the overall 2014 Supercoach season to go down to all round nice guy, Dave Von Kotz. He eventually finished third that season before entering six years of supercoach purgatory over in London before returning to the game in 2021 where he had a very, very quick peak at the top 25 after three rounds until deciding that Lil Pappy at home to the Broncos was not worthy captain material for his famous 197-point demolition job of the Broncos. It's coach of the Casa Bonitas and new father Danny Boy Ricks. How's fatherhood treating you, Danny Boy?
2: Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Uh, fatherhood's very enjoyable. Uh, much more enjoyable than that time I fell off, fell off the edge in twenty fourteen. I think they still still haven't quite gotten over that, uh, and that's why I had the uh, the long hiatus of six six or so years. Um, but. 2021 really enjoyed being back into it. Uh, got the bug back, and uh, now really looking forward to the 22 season. Actually, doing a bit more research this year.
1: How's uh, how's the preseason analysis been been going? You've been able to get knee deep in the spreadsheets.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think um, I think possibly a lack of cheapies this year means you don't have to do too much investigation into that. Uh, for uh, I've. Certainly enjoyed it. I, I like the opportunity this year that there's plenty of mid ranges. I think that's going to throw up uh, a lot of variance in teams, uh, and some of the out and out guns are just too unattainable as well. So you won't just see the same team across everyone's everyone's list. So uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. Obviously done a few teams. I think probably had about five teams in the last three ta- three days. So plenty of changes. But uh, yeah, enjoying it nonetheless.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. I'm looking forward. I think you can certainly bring a very different perspective uh, from what's out there in, in Supercoach Podland and, and looking forward to your insights throughout the season. Our second panelist is the resident king of pods. Uh, I think I'm right in saying he's actually never managed a top 1K finish, but that's probably because he's been focused on winning his head to head leagues. <laughs> although, I, although I think that he, I'm not even sure he's actually won one of those either. From BJ Leilua to Matt Ikavalu, the man who has seen more junk come into his sides over the years than Os- Oscar the Grouch sees on Collection Day. It's coach of the Tubes Raptors. Tubes as Raptors, Tubes Ricks. Tubes, welcome to the pod pod.
0: Thanks, Matt. I'm uh I'm pumped. My top I was looking, my my history is horrible. Um and I think my best finish was in twenty fifteen. I finished seventeen eighty five and that's and i've and I have not i'm like Dan, I've not taken any hiatus. I've been playing every single year um since uh since the inception so but I'll continue to strive and and I think this year's twenty twenty two is the year of the pod, and when the pods all come together, um then i'll be I'll be taking it out by hundreds of points or thousands of points by the end of the year.
1: Have you got a uh, have you got an early favourite pod for the season tubes while we're uh, while we're chatting pods there?
0: I'm I've got in my side at the moment in the back row. He's he's sitting at a uh, at a nice steep in the steep price in the 300000 is is Wade Graham starting on the back end. <laughs> Back row on the edge for the sharks this year, coming off a concussion, could be a bit of a risk because
2: a, a a
0: concussion, a couple of concussions. But captain captain of the sharks, heart and soul of the team, and they've got a few new players this year, so he might get a bit more ball ball work and and back to his prime. I think he's he's going to be a he's going to be a, a good cast cow and a good pod early in the season.
1: Uh, As avid Sharks fans that we are, uh, I hope that you're correct. But I think that if you want to improve on that best ever 1700 finish, you might want to look beyond Wade Graham, particularly to start the season. Anyway, (laughs) let's get straight into it. Uh, Let's give a quick overview. Uh, I know it's been widely spoken about. um, and It's kind of a week old or a bit more now. But the rule changes for 2022 and how you guys see them impacting uh, the first of the the first of the big rule changes is trades up to forty two, and the structural change of the trades. So, no longer is it two per week with the super trade weeks, with the super trade week in the middle of the year. Uh, five trade boosts where you get the extra trade on any given week. Uh, you can use it five times throughout the year, uh, with a maximum of three per round. Uh, have you guys given any thought yet as to how you might want to uh, implement the trade boosts for twenty twenty two?
0: I think all of these trades, like I like I, all of these changes, I like them. It feels like they're trying to uh, allow a bit more of the the not the lazy supercoke players, the non invested, don't have to plan for a bye week as as much. You know, don't have to be on it in case of lockout and your and your team changes, which I'm still get to in a sec. But I do also like the fact that I don't have to now plan for a five five trade week, and so I'll be looking at uh, yeah, utilizing some of those trades early. I'm sure everyone in in round two to three will be using one of their boosts um, for a trade potential, and then um, planning it out a bit more from there.
1: Something I haven't heard too much discussion about is actually. Which is very different. Uh, I haven't heard too much chat about buy planning, and I actually think that this is quite uh, quite a big change for buy planning because historically, when we've had the big buyers in round thirteen and round seventeen, usually you would use the big trade week to update your team to get rid of the round thirteen junk that you'd carried through from round one. That's in a lot of cases, um, and bring in those round seventeen either guns or uh, nuffs or or cheapies who would provide you the cover for seventeen in a lot of cases. Um, that's not going to be so easy this year. Like, given that you can only use five trade boosts throughout the season, there's not going to be. Um, you get. You might end up having to carry that that round thirteen junk for a while through. So it will be interesting to see that how that how that plays out. The other big update, Dan, and I'll throw to you on this is the dual position update. So players will be able to be updated throughout the season. Um, on dual positions, so I think the first one is going to be after the six weeks, and then the rolling after that every six weeks. Uh, will, will that affect your thinking in terms of your your uh, your first team?
2: Not so much in the initial. I think as as tube sort of said, it, all these rules are geared towards making it a little bit easier, uh, making it <clears throat> so you don't have to. I guess pre pre prepare. It, it, it will be useful. It'll just be interesting how they how they do the dual position updates. Do they do it after a couple of weeks of playing in a position, or is it after you know a month of playing in a certain position? Uh, it, I, again, I just think it's going to make it a little bit easier and less you don't have to do as, as strict planning. Uh, for example, I think this year, like last year, the front row forward position is pretty tough. Uh, it's not many people in that position that really entice me to want we want to put put them into the team straight away particularly the guns uh so you know I, I can't see it impacting at the initial team but it'll be interesting to see how quickly they bring those uh bring those changes in
1: he's probably a player we'll speak about later, but uh, Jason Tamalolo is one who interests me from a dual position perspective, especially given the the lack of quality that you mentioned in the front row. He's available at second row only, $485,000. Priced very... uh, Priced relatively well, given he's had such a down season last year. But if he was to have a strong start of the season in the front row as is been widely reported that he's going to be playing um, the ability to move him up to the front row after six rounds I think um, potentially allows you to start with either a cheapy or mid-ranger in the front row as your second front row forward if they're going to be able to get enough minutes for then uh, planning to move Tamalolo up to the front row so I actually quite like that change um, and I'll be looking at ways that I can uh, take advantage of it with my first
2: team. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I yeah. agree with that for sure. Kamalovo could get there. It's, again, it's it's a tough one to pick to pick him at second row forward, uh, considering the downturn he had last year. Pretty tough. He won't be in my side initially, but if he gets that dual position, uh, definitely worth considering longer term. Yeah, surely it'll
0: mainly affect back rowers that end up pushing to the centers for a few games. Who did you have last year? You and I can
2: no oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The die. that was that that was that, was that was the turn of my season, I think. I think I had there was 20k difference between Isaiah Papali and and Niakore, and I could have picked either of them for that second row spot and I went for Niakore. So yeah. But but that's, in, that's in theory he'll switch. in theory he'll go to he could have gone to centers, which would have opened it up a fair bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. There'll be a lot of those guys. There's always guys who are named in the second row, especially young, cheaper guys who end up playing in the centers early in their careers. So, yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, really, really excited to see how that plays out and how it can be implemented. To, how how it can be taken advantage of strategically as the season goes on. Uh, the last the last couple of, of rule changes are not too uh, impactful on classic so customizable leagues for draft. From what I understand, that's been pretty well received from, from draft players. It's been pretty um, a pretty modest draft set up historically. Um, and the, the league final series have moved to round 24. So we'll try and chat a bit of head-to-head as the season goes on. Uh, as I mentioned, Tubes is a bit of a head-to-head player. Um, and we might even bring in a couple of guests uh, to have a bit of a chat about head-to-head. But the moving of the final, grand final, to round 24, We'll just get rid of the uh the the resting that is been endemic throughout the NRL in the last couple of seasons in around twenty-five.
0: It's never right. affected me. It hasn't affected me yet. So we'll is say- that
1: because you've never been to the grand final? Yes, correct. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, team structure for round one. I think there's some very, very key differences with how I want to approach my side for round one this season as opposed to other years. The the traditional gun cheapy strategy doesn't look like it's going to be as effective, even though it looks like 90% of the NRL has already had COVID, so there shouldn't be too much drama with players missing matches. So the initial kind of thinking around squads being, needing 25 active players might not play out as we thought, but uh, I'm really keen to chat through the kind of amount of guns and nuffs and mid ranges, uh, guns and cheapies and nuffs that you might have in your team uh, to kick off the season. Um, so yeah, I'll throw to you, Dan, with a uh, with a bit of an overview of of your squad.
2: Yeah, at the moment, I've got I've gone for a bit of a mid range uh, mid range team. I think I've got ten mid rangers throughout the squad. Uh, eight guns, seven cheapies, uh, which very different to my usual strategy. I think I've always been pretty heavy on the the guns and guns and rookies. Uh, I, as I said, I think with you're going to need some mid ranges for sure, hundred percent, and it's going to open up the teams to some variants as well, which I I think Supercoach death desperately needs that change. Uh, I, I love it when when you're even in the sort of head-to-head leagues that you play, and if you've if you've all got the same team, if you've got 13 or 14 of the same players, it's it's just no fun. So I, li- I like the variance. and um, there's I think in the centre wing this year, there's plenty of mid ranges, you know, over 250k uh, that you need to need to get, uh, particularly left wingers. Uh, so I've gone I've gone plenty of mid-rangers in the in the center wings. Uh I've gone quite light as well, I think, in the second rows. I've got two sort of main guns, but then the rest of them are either mid-rangers or a couple of nuffs as well. If we're talking straight out and out Nuffs, I've currently got two that wouldn't be playing in the starting 17s. Um, I think traditionally I've had up to five or six that wouldn't even be in the 17s. Would
1: they be? Would they generally be players who you expect to play at some point during the season?
2: Potentially, yeah. I'm I'm trying to look for them. Uh, currently, Ben Ben is one of them. He's got the dual position, which just makes him handy to switch around. Uh, he obviously got a bit of a run last year, not very much. Uh, and uh, Alamotti from the from the Bulldogs. I don't know a huge amount about him, but but he's there. Uh, I've been playing around a little bit with the the dual positions around the hooker and uh second row forward as well, there's a couple of options there. And I think with the rule if you don't want to use three trades in a round, I think those sort of uh, dual positions are going to be really, really useful. Uh, just touching back on that on the trades, I, I think there's going to be a big dispersion of some people. If you go particularly well at the start, you're going to be able to save a lot of trades. And just having three trades, I know even from last year, once you start going bad, it's it's very hard not to press that trade button. So I think pe- people are going to max out quite early with the three trade options. Uh, if you go well and you've got some good dual positions, say gun goes down, you'll be able to... Change a gun from centre wing to hooker. You know, if you've got those residual right positions, so um, uh, plenty of mid ranges this year. I'm, I'm happy with some of the mid ranges. I, I think that's where you're going to pick up a lot of pods as well.
1: Who are your Who are your favourite mid range centre wings at this stage? Without going in, maybe I know you've got a big pod pod reveal for later, but but who are some of your other favourite uh, centre wings at this point?
2: I don't know if they're favorites, but I think you, you've got to have them. And uh Hayes Dunster, I, he killed me last year. I had him early on. Uh and then I changed him out for uh for Cheney from the Tigers. That that one round he had had good. I, I had some the, the Cougar. Had some I had some real desperate issues at that stage. So got rid of Hayes Dunster, <laughs> put in Cheney. Cheney never played again. Dunster started playing, I think, two weeks later, perhaps. Uh so I've got him this year, left wing on Parramatta. I think, uh, you know, 293K is is nearly sort of a must-have for those mid-rangers. Uh, and he's going to be that sort of five six six and wing backup. Uh, Suwali will be in everyone's team, no doubt. Uh, just, and got tar- uh, just, targo, uh, I've targo got to, Targo there as well.
1: I've got to pull you up on a – I didn't think our first ever pod would include Hayes Dunster, must-have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, not, he's not a must-have pod. I think if you if you go on mid-rangers in the center wing, he's, he's one of the first top picks, I think. No,
1: I think I think he is a good I think he's a good pick. I'm, I'm just not sure I would go for the the must-have description. Tubes, what about you? Uh what are you thinking in the front row? It's obviously a pretty tricky position. Uh how are you looking at structuring that at the moment?
0: Not too sure. Um I'm thinking about uh locking in fast. Uh, as I think most of the, or a large percentage of the super coach world is. And then I'm probably just waiting and seeing what Teamless Tuesday comes out with for some type of deep starting or or middle minute front rower that can get me 35, 40 points to, to fit in there. I've gone a little bit different so far to Dan anyway, I am trying to fit some guns. So I'm 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 very big on and I'm very big on having Cleary in my team for, for round one. Um so whilst I'm not hitting up the the turbo, I I do want Cleary, I want Keary, I want big money players in my halves. And so I'm I'm looking at going cheap in the front row. So at the moment I've got George Burgess as a placeholder if he starts in the dragon. And I've got um, you know, a couple of cheapies. Uh, both under under 300k sitting on the bench, and uh, that's how I'm looking at playing my front row to start the year. Pretty tough to start with George
2: Burgess. We'll yeah,
1: I've got George, George Burgess is in my team too at the moment, but uh, I agree. I I would suggest he's more there as a placeholder. I've placed I've place held basically all my cheapies at the moment, like like yeah. Tube said. Team list Tuesday I think will tell it all, and even even the trials. We're recording this pre the first trial. So
2: I think we'll um we'll see how that all plays out. Second front row forward. If you're going to pick a a GP or mid ranger in that second spot, they've got to <clears throat> they got to be starting or they've got to have some yeah. some form of being able to play that 45 minutes plus, you know, 50 minutes. So probably
0: someone. Well, someone will pop up. There'll be a Savano of this year,
1: uh, a can...
0: who started the year last year. We'll Ethan
1: Ethan Bullimore is currently uh, 24% owned uh, from Manly, signing from the Broncos. I can't really see how he fits into starting into the uh, into the Manly side, but I've put him in as a placeholder for now. But I, I think that's what I'm looking for, a sort of 280 to 325k prop as my second front rower, someone who's going to get 50 minutes, 45 to 50 minutes, and bust out a 50 Fifty average for the first few weeks, either well, so I can bump Tamalolo up or pick up a uh, a cheapy
2: somewhere along the line. I think I've got a bit of a theme of redemption this year. Actually, um, my mid ranger at front row forward at the moment is Ryan James. Uh, Matt Lodge leaving the Broncos potentially starts. He's on a one year contract. He's going to want to prove. I think he's what is he thirty one. 30, 31, something around that. He's got a couple of good years left in him at front row, so I think he's going to be really pushing this year. If he gets that top spot, if you – apart from a couple of injury-affected rounds and then Ricky going crazy with his rotations at Canberra, he actually has got great points per minute. Uh, so if he can average 45, 50, I think, I think he can definitely average 50-plus. So I think, I think he's a mid-range of a he got sent off after 10 minutes as well last year, didn't he, in one game? He's, so. I think he had two concussions, an injury, and then a sent off as well. Uh, I think you look at his first two rounds, they were good. Back end as well when he was playing for the Dogs. Uh, he had some really promising promising numbers as well. So I definitely don't rule him out, uh, particularly with, with Lodgy leaving Broncos. I think there's that spot to fill. Yeah, they've
1: actually got they've actually quite a bit thin in the middle. Uh, you would expect Carrigan to start at thirteen, but given the way Flagler's Flagler's
2: suspended early on as well.
1: Flagler's suspended for the first three or four rounds, so yeah, you would yeah that, that could be a good shout for a fast start. Hopefully, make a bit of cash um, and get those minutes. I don't Ten mind if, if
2: if you're if you're going to play. Here's my number one if. Uh, if you're going to play a, a lighter front row forward, he would be my second second front row forward pick to start.
0: Yeah, would be good. Bit of a pod, two percent ownership right now. If he certainly, if he's starting front row forward for the Broncos round one, he won't be at two percent ownership at three fifty k. No, the, no, best,
2: the sure. best the best the best front row forwards uh, for pods is is in the Canberra Raiders. I think they've got three. But how do you how do you pick any of them with Ricky's sort of variance in his in his rotations? You know, I've got Tappen Tappany would be a lock in in any other side, I think. Um, uh, Ryan Sutton, very good points per minute player. If you knew he was consistently getting some good minutes, uh, even Corey Horsburgh, He he's a bit of a sneaky pod for me as well. There, I think he's I think certainly on his 2020 form, he's undervalued. Uh, he got 47 average last year in 34 minutes average. Um, and, but you know, he, 2020, he got 50 minutes average.
1: Tarpany's a really interesting one. I actually didn't realise until you've just mentioned, I was looking at him as a bit of a pot in the second row, but available at front for, row forward makes him quite compelling if you're willing to spend that extra kind of 100K, 150K on your second front rower.
2: Yeah, like you go to him, you know, compared to the likes of uh, Adam Vanewa Blake, couple of guys there that are 500 plus uh, who I think have the same or maybe even less output that, that Tappany would at, at that 50, 55 minutes. So I, I wouldn't laugh at anyone picking him in the in the team to start with.
1: Well, his 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 wife had a dig at Ricky, didn't she, last year? And then he kind of got a few more minutes after that, I think. I think Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky reacted quite positively to that to that hit on social media. I don't
2: know. Uh, anyway. I don't know if it was the wife and maybe maybe the agent starting to starting to sniff around at other clubs that changed that. It's uh, I don't think I don't think the best uh, play is to to criticise Ricky.
1: On the uh, on the point of guns, what what kind of guns tubes are you looking at in, in for round one? Obviously, you mentioned Cleary. You're looking at um, I presume that's on the provisor that he actually plays round one or round two. Uh, who are the guns, who are the big guns you're looking at? Uh, obviously, the big two are, are Turbo and Cleary, who the most discussion has been around. What's, what's your kind of thinking there?
0: Yeah, I mean, as you said, assuming Cleary plays round one, um, I want to try and lock him into the side. I just think he, I mean, the start of their year, they play the Cowboys and the Bulldogs the first two rounds of the year. And then they play Melbourne and Manly, so it's a, a little bit tougher. Um, but then they've got a pretty good run sort of coming after that. So I just think if you don't get him at the start of the year with Origin, then kicking off at, at what point are you looking to potentially bring him in? And and he's just that much better than most other halves out there. I can't. I can see as long as he's starting and he's fit and healthy, he should be average. He could be averaging over a hundred again for the year. <laughs> Um, The other, I guess, guns, as I've already mentioned, probably half. I'm probably not getting out-and-out guns in the hooking region with the uncertainty around Grant, et cetera.
1: Um, What what uncertainty is that? He's suspended for round one. He'll be back round two. (laughs) Plenty of uncertainty.
0: (laughs) Uncertainty around, uh, I think, uh, where where his role probably similar to last year, where it sits with the cheese, uh, it, you know, and and how they share the minutes and what that looks like. He obviously is an absolute gun, uh, Harry. So you know you want him in the side, and you'll probably be finishing the year with him in the side. But where what those minutes look like and what his attacking output looks like, uh, I'm definitely going to be locking in Tedesco. Uh, to start off the year. I've currently got the C hovering over him. Uh and and I just think similar to probably what you you hear out there, um, won't be won't be able to afford turbo to to kick off kick off the year.
2: Yeah, I like the combos of the roosters if they stay fit. So if you've got if you've got Tedesco and Kiri playing regularly, uh and, you know, there's, there's plenty of options that you can take in that Roosters back line as well. Uh, Suali, possibly Billy Smith if he's playing at centre. Uh, Daniel Tupo, he's, he's, he's quite high priced, so you'd say he's in the gun, gun price category. But, again, you know, really good uh, roosters, roosters team. Sam Walker's only getting better. So, you know, left winger uh, does 30-plus points in base points. He's, he's dev- I, I, I'm pretty happy to go heavy on Roosters this year.
1: Yeah. Obviously, a lot was made of the Roosters' injury run last year, and but I just cannot see if they stay if they get a fair run of injuries this year, how they not top two come end of season. They get Kiery back, um, as you mentioned. They've got Billy Smith coming back, who's not obviously key position, but they've just got so many good players. I think they're completely under the radar um, compared to Melbourne and Penrith. I just can't see how they have a bad year as long as they keep players on the park.
2: Well, Just talking have- about guns for a minute. What do you what do you think about starting with Brian Tottenham?
1: I I was I think that it's a good shout, except that for your point earlier, like I'm kind of on your train with the mid-rangers in center wing. I think that there's gonna be enough quality in center wing where you can get five to six mid-range to semi-gun players. To fill that, and Tahoe at, at, at seven hundred plus thousand, with a with a cloud over Cleary, um, I I th- I know that the Penrith output in terms of points scored goes down dramatically when Cleary doesn't play. So if he's out for rounds one and two, obviously Tahoe is less affected by that, given his huge base and base attack. Um, but I I personally couldn't. Justify bringing Toto in to start the season at over seven hundred thousand? So it's
0: just, it's the same
1: as like
0: Ruben Garrick. Like I can't see how you can start the year with such high price center wings when when there's other mid rangers that you can find.
2: I think they're completely different players. You're looking at Rupert Garrick versus Brian Tottle. Like his his base output is ridiculous. If, if Brian Tottle was available at second row forward at 700k, like you'd kn- I'd nearly consider him. Uh, so I, I'm really keen on him. I think his uh, his his base output is great. You know, he's going to get that at least you know 50 55 points without a try. Um, I, I, I'm keen on him at the moment. I think you can hold him plus plenty of other mid rangers. I, I, if you're going to carry him, you can't have another center wing gun, but I think you could carry him, uh, with the rest of them either being cheapies or mid rangers in the center wing.
1: Oh, we'll actually start the year as a bit of a you know, a semi pod at 13 ownership currently. I would suggest that we'll go down close to the, to the start of the season. Um, yeah, I, I'm not on board at the moment, only because I think I can fill centre wing with some cheaper options. But I like the rationale there. I had never thought about him in the second in the second row before. I was saying tubes. Speaking of second row guns, David uh, David Fafita, uh, David Fafita comes in this season 745k to start. He obviously had a really big first half of the season before being benched for the second half, averaging only 55 minutes. Is he in your team number one? And two, do you think you'll get value for your money at 745,000?
0: Yeah. So he's currently in my team. Uh, I'm currently looking at him with the, with the blue banner on for VC. We'll see. But he's, he's, I think he's pretty much locked in. I loved the comments we were talking about the other night with, uh, how people complain about his base stats. They want him taking more hit-ups out of the 10 meter range. Um, whether or not you're a Titans fan or not, I think you'd think you'd much prefer him taking those runs and scoring that many tries. Uh he's just unstoppable. So uh I, I'll be starting the year with him and he fully fit off a of preseason. I'm I'm sure he'll be just as unstoppable and 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 coming up to some big minutes. You've got to think, um, he's he's well-priced to have as good a start as last year. Obviously, long seasons maybe take a toll and can affect his minutes and stuff, but uh, I'm happy to back him in to start the year.
1: They've got quite a... Without having it in front of me, I'm fairly certain the Gold Coast have one of the better draws to start the season as well. They
0: do. Um, Warriors, Broncos, Cowboys, Canberra,
2: Newcastle. Yeah. I think he's... I think he's nearly the the first gun picked. David Fafita, seven hundred and forty five thousand. Uh, you know, any anyone apart from Turbo, any other player. If you said head to head, who's going to get the most points this week? Uh, I think you'd, you, David Fafita would probably be favourite most of the time. So, with the favourable draw, I think I think most. I don't know what his percentage is at the moment of ownership, but I think he'll be he'll be one of the highest. And for good reason, he's in my team.
1: Yeah, well, if if you're picking, if you're picking Brian Toto in the second row, then I presume you were picking David Fafita. Uh, my, he's in. He's in my team too. He was one of my first picks. The only concern that I've got with him is how he will be played. If Holbrook stuffs around with minutes again, playing him off the bench, uh, playing into that narrative that he needs a rest uh, to be as explosive. I think it's um, complete. Uh, Horse crap. I would love to see him playing 80 to your point tubes. I think that you do not want him anywhere near doing the bullocking work out of your own end. You've got big, strong wingers like Greg Marzu to come and do that. You've got centers, uh, big outside backs, big props. They've got a great front row, middle rotation. I would, if I was Justin Holbrook, I would be telling David Fafita not to touch the ball before the half line, halfway line. And you pay him the 1.2 million or whatever he's on to score tries and do damage in the opposition red zone. So I hope that they do that. I would, I would just to be a bit contrarian, I would be slightly concerned about his minutes. But just given that the, the down the the downside of picking someone at 750k playing 55 minutes, even if it is David Fafita, could uh, could derail you. But I just think there's too much upside for for David Fafita, and he is in my side.
2: For me, at, at second row, you need some lock-ins. And at the moment, lock-in guns, and I don't have many lock-in guns at second row this year. Uh, so, you know, even if he has reduced minutes, I'd, I'd still still be on the train, I think.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I've got Fafita, Murray, and Graham. That's three lock-in guns right there. Uh, they they could they could last the season, so we're good to go. Uh,
1: finally, just as we round out this this segment, uh, what's your big what's your antipod play from in terms of going against? It's not so much cheapies we covered that that you know we'll wait on that. But who's someone that's highly owned that you're not going with, or who's someone that you, you know who how are you going against the grain at this stage of
2: preseason, Dan? Uh, I haven't quite looked at the ownerships, but, so it's just an assumption. But I'm probably I'm looking at Lane Payne Huss. Uh I, I know he's he's uh you know he's gonna get he's gonna get decent minutes of the Broncos. They're not that they're not that heavy in the in the front row rotations. Uh but early on, uh I think my my logic is, Tavita Pangai Junior. I think is probably a pick above him, just given his dual um, dual status, uh, his ability to get those attacking stats. Uh, I think the Bulldogs desperately need him to play big minutes as well. So I'm going to probably get Pangai and then possibly a mid ranger for that second front row forward spot. And with Haas only being available front row forward, I think I'm, I'm going to lay him.
1: Well, I'm not sure we can move past that. One of the most highly owned players in Supercoach. So <laughs> it's a big anti-pod. Uh, but I, I do like the Pangai pick. I'm not sure I could go against the crowd that much this early, but we'll, we'll have to see. Tubes, what about you? Probably not a,
0: a it's going to be a popular buy this year. Uh, coming back from the UK, I'm I'm gonna I'm not going to be going anywhere near Jackson Hastings to to start to start the year. I'm happy to happy to lay him. Happy to be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I can look at jumping on board. But coming into already not a fantastic team in the Tigers, 350k. Whilst it it sort of just feels like a a nice carrot there to, to suck you in. And and I'm sure plenty of people will, but I'm, I'm happy to stay away. I'm just not sure he's going to be any good.
1: My anti-pod play, uh, I was going to chat a bit about the not going super cheap in centre wings, which is, is obviously a traditional move, but I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it yet. But I'm really big on spending cash in the halves and ensuring that the rule changes from twenty twenty, um, and if they carry on through even you know eighty percent of the way into twenty twenty two, I think that you need three at a minimum three gun halves who are you know averaging in the seventies or above. Um, now that's obviously much easier said than done in round one with the with the with the heavy salary cap constraints, but I think you need those guys with high ceilings. Um, there and I think that that's a good place to spend your money away from obviously the obvious in fullback so Who's I always, your current halves? Uh, currently I've got I've got Hastings and Ilias in the halves even though I'm not sure Ilias uh, I think I think the, the chat around Taft is a bit premature that he'll be 14 like he started at fullback in a grand final obviously they've got a lot of faith in him I think that he might still be ahead I I, I haven't got any word on that, but I only because of ownership and he's 5K cheaper. So just having to play with my team, I've got Ilias, but I think I think I might end up with Taft there just as we get closer.
2: Then Did you say five, eight,
1: starting or on the bench? Uh, on the bench, on the bench. It's my as my second half back. I've got so in the half in at half back, I've got Hastings and Ilias, and then at 5.8, eight, I've got Burton and Amone. Uh, I'll probably have a bit of a play around with Burton and Munster. Munster out one round one doesn't particularly help help uh, given that Harry grants out as well and I'm I'm really keen on grant um, I think he's got so much upside but Burton I love I he's a bit trickily priced at, at 590 at 576 uh, I don't know what you guys think there but I'm I've got him in my side at the moment just because I think he's so good and I've got a moan at at, at my second 58 spot I would love to get a monet to centre wing there's a bit of uncertainty for him, if he'll even start, I know Jaden Sullivan's had quite a good preseason, and he's pushing him to start at 5'8", so that'll be interesting. Um, but I would love to get... I had Kiri in my side until the other day when I realised he was sort of... He might just be building up after ACL. Um, but I would love to get a. I would love to get another gun, uh, half or 5'8". I'm just... I think... Cleary, Cherry Evans, Hines, Hughes, Hunt, like they're all 600K plus. It's a lot of money. I, like whilst I said I want to spend money, I'm not sure I want to spend that. So just trying to figure out how, how
0: that'll work for me. <laughs> you've all, you've literally come full circle, but well done. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I agree with you though. I, I mean, I'm looking at it going months out round one. I want him in my side as well as Cleary and Keary. Is there, or, or you substitute someone else for one of those. How how good's your team going? Um, but I just don't know how you do it because I was looking for cheap hookers. Obviously, Randall's there. Um, I, I don't love any hooker. Can you find another cheap one? So you really would have to stack your back row and your center wings with cheapies. And I don't know how you do it. But Munster is an interesting one. Do you reckon he has the... Uh, The what year was it? The Jared Hain 2009, the Tommy Turbo 2021, off the booze (laughs) and just absolutely (laughs) explodes for the year. Off, off contract, off contract off the, as off, well. Off, I mean, off the, just off the drink though for twelve months.
1: Like, there's no way. There's no way he's off the drink for twelve months. Like, come it, on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
0: know. But say he is <laughs> similar to Turbo, and like that's where you do see you see so many where it just gives him such a big kick in in real life and Super Coach. So,
2: I watched him last year a lot. I had him in my side pretty much the whole year, I think. Uh, and obviously, Jerome Hughes having a huge year for him points was. Uh, he did take a little bit of a back seat, particularly in the in the attack. Uh, and I think his his foot injury was was worse than worse than we thought. I think he was definitely holding back from some physicality as well. So if his foot injury is fully resolved uh and he's off contract and you know he is an out and out gun on his on his best of days, I don't I don't think it's a bad one to pick up early.
1: We'd, uh, we'd better move on. We've spent far too long on that, on that segment. Uh, we'll get into now just a bit of a team run through uh, team by team. Well, I think we'll only get through half of these teams in this pod. Uh, but let's start with – we're just going to go through a few players of interest, uh, potentially some pods from each team. Uh, so, uh, Dom, we'll start with you with the Broncos. Uh, is there anyone you can kind of make a case for or want to pot?
0: Look, I'm I'm gonna zag here, Matt. If we're only doing half, I'm, Broncos isn't my strong point. I'm gonna zag to the Dragons here, and I've got a couple of <laughs> I've got a couple of gems there. Um, so I know you set me up, but the the Dragons for me, uh, we've already talked about George Burgess and what he's going to do. I don't like the Dragons a hell of a lot as a team in general. I don't necessarily think Anthony Griffin is the is a, is the, one of the top grade coaches but I do think that they, they they're possibly in for a better season than what they than what they had last year so I'm starting off I've currently got Zach Lomax in my team uh kicking goals I think he's he's I mean he's obviously been a very solid player for the last couple of years and but I think that that this could be a breakout season for him. He could be playing. He could be into the Origin team. He could have already been there already without potential injuries in the last last year. So I've I really like Zach Lomax. I think at just under 500k, I think he'll be a keeper for the year, and you're going to get him at a discounted uh, price, kicking goals uh, and probably. Definitely not locked in. I've got Moses Mbai from there as well. See if, <laughs> if, if he makes the, if he if he makes the starting side some way somehow. Three hundred and twelve k. I think he was he had a terrible time at the Tigers and 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 could be in for a better season at the Dragons. He's had a terrible yeah, time
1: Tommy. his whole. He's had a terrible time his whole career. What are you? <laughs> Moses,
0: let's just, we'll see Moses Mbai.
1: Oh, right, Dan, I won't. I won't. I won't. We'll, we'll divert from the run shed a bit further. Dan, give me a give me a team and give me some players of interest.
2: Oh, uh, jeez. Uh well, I sort of touched on the Raiders a little bit. Uh, I, I I'm really keen on those those front row, row forward guys, but I just I just can't trust Ricky. Um, one guy that stands out from the Raiders is Nick Cotrick going back. Uh, I think early on last year. Uh, the Bulldogs were getting absolutely flogged. I'm not sure if they scored a point for a few rounds. And uh, Nick Kotrick was still busting out sort of 50-point scores at centre. I think, you know, when he was playing for Canberra on the wing there, he, he played for Australia. So he, he was definitely showing some good form. He was still very young. He's got a couple of years under his belt. Uh, his, his stats don't back that up that well. Uh, but I think given he's going to be stronger in a stronger team this year than the Bulldogs last year, playing on the wing I suspect uh, I, th- I think he's he's gonna have a breakout year this year and I think he's what 370 K that's that's quite cheap I think he he will get up to 500 k pretty quickly it will be interesting to see where he plays uh, Jared Croker's obviously
1: coming off a career worst season Uh I would hope for his sake that it was injury-related and that he can get back somewhere near his best uh, this season. But if he doesn't come up, they're looking pretty light at centre. So, yeah, I prefer I, 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 – Kotrick interests me a lot if he plays on the wing, but less so if he's at centre.
2: I think his output will still be decent at centre. But, yeah, for sure, more interesting in the wing. I think if it wasn't Jared Crocker, if it was just uh, – purely based on form is is nowhere near that side, Jared Croker. Is he still captain? He'll get dropped. Has he's get ca- dropped. I think he's captain. You know, it's it's one of those ones, you know, Ricky's pretty loyal. I don't know if he'll just just cut him, just bin him. So but you know, he was a bit of a, a bit of a turn yeah. style last year.
1: They're very light. They've lost Harley Smith Shields for the season with a knee. Uh, they've obviously got Chance. I quite like Chance at centre. Um, if they can get Xavier Savage up and running at fullback, he's going to miss the start of the season. They've signed Albert Hoppawade. Um There's a bit of a lack of of experienced uh, NRL um, player at, at centre, so I'm a bit concerned that the might end up there. And that's
2: at that price, I think he's still he's still worth the risk. I think if, as you said, if Chance goes to centre. Uh, he would be a good one if dual player gets upgraded. He's currently only available at fullback, I think. Uh, but say he gets a couple bit of time at centre, goes to a centre wing fullback dual position, uh, and then maybe goes back to fullback, he, he would be a decent pickup, but you've got to wait and see. But, yeah, I think a, a 370K is worth the risk.
1: We can't leave the Raiders, Danny Boy, without talking about your, uh, your favourite round one pick from last
2: year, Podson Young. Yeah. <laughs> Big Hudson. Yeah. I mean, again, just, just the rotational minutes in the forwards just really concerns me watching, watching Pods and Young early last year. He was playing, playing quite well, getting those 80 minutes and jagged a couple of tries early. And then unfortunately had that knee injury, which I jumped off as soon as I I heard that knee, you know, a dislocated kneecap. And then they were saying he was going to play the next week was um, it was a bit too much for me. So I jumped off and, Fortunately for me, then he then uh, was out for a couple of weeks, I think. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind him. Again, he's he's one of those uh, second row forwards that you're hoping then he just becomes an 80-minute guy, gags a couple of tries. Uh, currently not in my team, though. A team
1: that's obviously coming off a big premiership victory, the Panthers, they're going to have a lot of supercoach relevance again this season. Uh, player... I want to talk about a little bit just because he should get the role vacated in the back row by a player that escapes my name at the moment is uh, Liam Martin. So Liam Martin last season without seeing the world light was in my side at stages and whilst I wouldn't advise on starting him, I think that – he could become an option at some point, particularly when Cleary gets back in the side. Was there anyone else, Tubes, from the Panthers? Uh, we spoke about Toto already. Was there anyone else from the Panthers that you're looking at potentially for round one?
0: Not, uh, I think, probably depends on who takes certain centre spot. Uh, there's some chat, Isaac Targo. Uh, he's a cheapie in centre wing area. Uh, there's, I mean, you could entertain possibly. I, I mentioned a couple of easy starts to the year. Some people might entertain Luai, uh, etc. But uh, for me, it, it's probably just going to be if if there's a teepee in that center spot, and and as I mentioned already before, Cleary um, probably not looking at Lee. Might He replaced Capewell. Capewell's obviously a, a good ball running, prize scoring player playing off Cleary martin a bit of a different player um so
2: see how that goes yeah i'm definitely interested in martin um because of what i think is a lack of um guns gun three in this in the second row forward he can definitely be that third second row forward at, at a decent price uh he's probably just below value uh and he could easily get that 80 minute roll and be punching out those 60s regularly. So be, he's a good early pickup.
1: He only scored three tries as well last year. So I think he's a big minutes watch. If he is playing 80, I think he's got a lot of relevance. Um, he, only, he only played, I think, one eighty minute two eighty 80 80-minute games last season. So he averaged 0.85 points per minute. It's not outstanding, but he also only scored three tries. Um and with those associated line breaks. So only only only, you know. So I think that I think he has upside, but covering yeah, up
0: just, this. sorry, I'm just looking at the team. You're 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 right. Like how their back row. I, I didn't realise. I hadn't thought about obviously they brought in T P J at the back end of last year. They've lost Cape Well. Um they their their teams just a lot. Uh, a lot lighter in that back row. You could even entertain Kick-Out if he's going to get a lot more minutes this year as well. He's at oh,
2: Bulldogs, isn't he?
1: No, no, no.
0: He's at Panthers. He's at Panthers for one more year. TP,
1: TPJ, TPJ. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got another year at Panthers. He got, yeah, filmed, uh, in the, right. he got, got filmed in the lift. Got in the, yeah. <laughs> the elevator spy cam, like so many of us, caught him out. Yeah
0: but, <laughs> yeah, but they got Scott Sorens, I mean they're predicted teams at the moment. Scott Sorens and Spencer Anyu, Mitch Kenny, and Taylan May on their bench. So, you know, you could potentially see Martin and Kickaw playing big minutes on the edge in those, in those Yeah, yeah I, I'd
1: love to I, I actually had Kickow in my first draft, but uh just to try and maybe get him off to a flyer, but uh Cleary being out, even though he plays on the left with Luai, I still just don't like that Panthers attack when Cleary doesn't play, um, but I do concede that kick out at, at just over 500k. If you it could get a flyer, he's got he's got a huge ceiling as we know. Uh, as a as a kind of high variance play to start the year, I quite like it. I just will be struggling myself, I think, to get him into my team.
2: Yeah. I think wonder wonder watch who I really like as an NRL player is uh, I think you were about to mention him before, Matt is Spencer Lenier uh he's he's fairly cheap. I think you can wait and see how the minutes are going to work out for him. Uh in his output with like 20 to 30 minutes, uh it's really promising from last year. Uh he's, he's a young guy, he's big, he's strong, he's only going to get better this year. So if he if he bumps up his minutes to 40 plus, uh I think he's gonna be an absolute weapon.
1: Cleary, Cleary really seemed to want to protect him, or for whatever reason. I mean, they were so strong through the middle all year, but he really was conservative with his minutes. So that will be, you know, they've got they've got such a strong setup with Fisher, Harris, Leota, and Yo as their starting middles that it is difficult. But I agree. I think if even if he can just improve his minutes by kind of twenty percent, um, he's someone who could could be a kind of perfect sort of third or fourth front row option. Uh, righto. We'll we'll finish up the pod for today for today with a bit of a uh, you know we're called the pod pod. We're just going to get the big pod play uh, to start the season. Uh, Tubes. We'll start with you.
0: I think I've I think I've dropped a couple of nuggets nuggets along the way. So it's probably just uh, making a choice between between sort of where they where they sit, but um, I, like I said before, I've, I'm probably locking in someone like Zach Lomax into my team. Not the most outrageous pod. I have got Moses Mbai in there, but uh, could easily be, be probably going to be tossed off that that ledge pretty quickly. Um, so I'm, I, I've, I've mentioned Graham already, but um, so Graham and Lomax are probably two of my pods at the moment that that, I've, that I'm that I'm going to be starting the year with.
1: Danny Boy, what about you?
2: Uh, I think I've spoken about my two. My my. I think Kotrick is it. Is probably my pod pod at the moment. Uh, he's uh, for the reasons already discussed. Uh, Ryan James as well. I think you know, you can you can write off last year three hundred fifty k playing for another contract in one year. I think he's he's in for a big year too. Uh, and um, I think it's just to touch on my Dunster call, I've got also got Xavier Coates in that mid range. I think you know top top four center wing, cheap uh, playing on that on that storm edge is uh, is in for plenty of tries this year. So I think he'll be. I don't think he'll be pod. I think he'll be picked up by a fair few players. Is yeah, he is in, in your sides?
1: He's not in my side currently. He's fairly highly owned. Um, I like him as a pick. I think he will improve substantially, particularly his base output, even though that's not why I would be buying him. He only averaged 18 in base last season. That will obviously want to improve. Um, But going to the storm, he's played Origin. He he had basically given up at the Broncos last year. I think he's an incredibly high upside pick. Um, And I will consider him for round one. My pod play to start the year is going to be. Tabby Fido, the hammer from the Cowboys. Uh, he's at 6% ownership currently, 418K. I like him because he should get at least a good six to eight weeks at fullback, and that's if he goes poorly. He should get the season there. I, I, I'm a big, unabashed Valentine Holmes fan, particularly at fullback. I think he's criminally underrated. Um, and I think he's an exceptional fullback. Um, I personally would have got if I couldn't get them both in. I think he, I would have got rid of one of them from the if I was the Cowboys and strengthened up elsewhere. I really like the Hammer at fullback. He's an ex, he's an elite ball runner, probably top handful in the NRL ball in hand from the back. Uh, If he can develop a passing game um, to be the link man, uh, a role that Val played extremely well for them. The Cowboys had no problems scoring points last year. They had extreme problems conceding points, but that's not going to worry the Hammer. He's available at centre wing. As I said, 480k. I really like him as a low-risk pick to start the year. He's got a few low scores in him, but I think... Um from the, the small sample we've seen in him playing fullback, that shouldn't be too small of a problem. So I'm really happy to go with him. He's locked into my side currently. We'll see how the rest of preseason plays out. It's fairly transient, my center wing at this stage. So no one is no one is guaranteed. But uh but yeah, I'm I'm really happy to lock him in as as a as an early season pod.
0: Do you think the depth skills of the Chad is really gonna unlock the hammer? Is that is that what you backing <laughs> yeah. in there? The, the, can the we that?
1: It would be extremely appropriate, wouldn't it if we uh, ended our first ever pod, podcast with, uh, with just a bit of a, a bit of a, a quick chat on the Chad who is possibly the most or relevant player in the game. <laughs> um, he's been signed for is it three years or four years by the Cowboys for 800,000 a season? Uh, Dom tubes sorry. Uh, is that the worst signing in NRL history?
0: <laughs> it uh, certainly, without any preparation, off the top of my head, I can't think of any worse signing. Um, when you've got plenty of other halves going around that you could be signing for eight hundred thousand a season, I just the, I just don't know how he he brings anything to the Cowboys that's necessarily going to unlock. Anything for them in from an attack perspective. I mean, he, he's 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 bringing good hair. He's bringing probably some good fat and some good beers. I think he's just launched the Tad uh, the Tad beer. Uh, for his post post NRL bench he- uh, yeah, it's called the, they're called the Chads, I think, or something like that. <laughs> bad towns and beers. Um, so, but but in terms of eight hundred thousand worth of value, um, yeah, I mean you got to start. <laughs> I I thought Todd Payton was a great signing. I know that coaches aren't always involved in the in the decisions that, that around the roster completely, but I mean. Uh, you you start questioning uh, people's ability when 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 there's signings going on like that.
2: What did um what did Reynolds go to the Broncos for? They reckon uh, seven hundred. Yeah, similar. So if you've got a head to head, the Chad versus Adam Reynolds, who you want in that sort of pull your team around the park role, uh, goal kicking, general kicking play. You're paying a hundred grand overs for Chad compared to Adam Reynolds. Like it's just, just ridiculous.
1: Boys, we'll wrap it up there. It's been a sensational podcast to kick off the Pod Pod. Uh, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to a really big season, and uh, we'll see you all for another preseason episode in the next week or so. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers.